Hey guys, thank you for tuning into the Planet PX podcast this week. This will be part two of the Tackling Social Justice with Jermaine. Um, we're just going to be doing the Q&A portion of it this week. Thank you guys so much, and I look forward to hearing from you. Like always, please subscribe, and we'll leave a rating on our uh, podcast platforms. And if you want to leave a three or above rating, that'd be awesome. If not, please let me know how I can better improve it for you guys. And we'll see you guys next week. You know, people who have pride in thinking that they're right or that their ethnicity is better or that um, just that any sort of putting pride meaning like better or something like that, God's against that. Absolutely. Um, and Jesus, as you were as speaking of the scripture, that was like, you know, Jesus praying to God saying, I pray for that, that they may be one mm-hmm. as you and I are one together, unity. Uh, he, he doesn't want division. He doesn't want uh, people separated. Um, the different, like, I mean, this is a whole different thing, but, like, I mean, look at the Christian um, uh, churches. How many denominations are there? Denominations. Like, if you look at, um, in math, the denominator. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. It's like, it's it's the, uh, oh, sorry, for the camera. But it's, um, it's divided. Mm-hmm. So, it is. Um, another question um, I think I have one more about racial because actually I do have questions about like the whole uh, about the president in a sense. So systematically, if going into that, that would be I think. So I want to give other people like questions mm-hmm. to ask about this. But um, uh, talking about oppression, right? Mm-hmm. Rockwood. So like uh, in yeah. Oregon. Yeah. Like when I used to go to East Hill, they would talk about it. I mean, that's where I learned first learned about it. Um, they would say Rockwood is a small little tiny area, but it has the highest amount of like diversity in that little tiny area. Yeah. Um, and I'm not sure if it's still that way now, but this is like you know, a few years ago they were talking about it. That's why there's a lot of different cultures, a lot of different crime. Yeah. I mean, people. I mean, people in Portland where I work, they they say, oh yeah, Russian, oh a scary Rockwood area. Mm. I mean, because you hear about a lot about the crime. Yeah. So from what God was kind of telling me or showing me was oppression, and I mean. I, I was trying to finish up what God was trying to speak about this, but like it's putting the blame on something or someone that makes sense instead of like taking responsibility. So people can throw oppression around when there really isn't oppression. I mean, there is there is oppression. I mean, like the Jews went through, you know, the Nazis and Germans. But right. what I'm saying is that just in general, the oppression it, 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 with our culture. What I, what God was telling me is that people are trying to put the blame on something or someone. Right. Um. Because in, in a sense, in, in, in a community, mm-hmm. like, um, what does Paul say? If you don't work, you don't, you don't, you don't eat. Right. I mean, that was his opinion. But, like, if you can't contribute to your community, right, mm-hmm. um, you, we all have a part. I mean, you see that all the time about the whole, like, COVID thing where it's like, wear your mask. Be a, you know, you are a part. Mm-hmm. We're all in this together. Be a good citizen. You, yeah. you, you hear about that. We're in this together. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, I do have actually one more question. Um if I could tie this in, right, culturally. Mm-hmm. God was showing me this. You have the crowd, you have the police officers. Mm-hmm. Wow, this is so, I mean, not good, but I mean. Uh, right, blacks versus whites. Yeah. Right? People versus, uh, citizens versus police officers, right? right. Think about that. Mm-hmm. You're, you're getting angry about people being angry about, oh, there's this division of that, but I mean, does that make sense? Like, 
It does. You're literally, or, or, it's like uh, um, contradicting, or it's like hypocrites. You're you're getting, you're, you're saying like. If one place after this has been bad, then all are bad. Just like how people can be racist and say, oh, you're black, so you must be like this. Right. Um, you're looking at the uniform, you're not looking at who's underneath it. Right. So if Victor was to be a police officer, right, I, to, the, to the world, we'd be like, oh, police officer. But no, I'm like, well, that's Victor. He's serving the community. He's right. protecting the community. Right. He's not this, oh, he's also on a target because he's a police officer. Right. And I honestly would say I, I, I respect... And I honor the police officers, no matter what mm -hmm. anybody says, because if I need, if I have a crime, if someone breaks into my house, guess what? Who's going to come to help me right. in my time? So, with that depression and with the whole se uh, segregation between police officers and people, right. um, it's there. There's a lot of just hate, right. you know. So, um, um, I know that's a long question, but yeah, if you wanted to. No, that's good. That's actually a good question, and it's um, it's really uh, it does. And I think Victor mentioned it's about. Uh, how it ties into what we're actually, you know, and for those who are watching at home, I hope you understand what we are, what we're doing here. Um, we are breaking down for you why social justice is necessary from these points, okay? Uh, from the points of where culture comes from, from the point of where we are as humans, all these different things have to do with social justice. Uh, social justice is just not about relieving pain of one particular race of people. Social justice is, is really bringing justice to every area and facet where human life is precious. Okay? Because all human life is precious. And I just wanted to say that. Um, but, uh, but to get to your question, so I have friends who are police officers. Okay? Uh, some black, white, Spanish, um, actually, I know a German police officer, a uh, funny fellow. Um, I love their language. Um, and so, especially when they're trying to pronounce, you know, uh, American words. And so, uh, so it's just, it's very, it's awesome. Um, but I've had them tell me experiences where uh, they are called to a scene of a crime. And, uh, and I'm just going to, Kind of give you a little bit of a different take on this. Um, they're called to a scene of a crime, and uh, one officer is black, the other officer is German, and um, they will not talk uh, to the black officer, even though the German officer doesn't really speak that much English, but he, you know, he knows how to communicate. So he'll arrive, and he's told me this many times. His partner is African American. And they arrive to a scene of a crime, a crime, someone's just been shot, and the family members are needing consoling. And uh, he comes over and he says, this is my partner so-and-so, this is, I'm officer so-and-so, we're here to help you, what's happened? And they will talk to him, and then the, his partner will try to get a question, and they were like, uh, well, can, can I just talk to you? And they will pull the German officer to the side and just talk to him. And the African-American officer lives standing there, and he's like, okay, well, I'll just patrol the area then. And so he's doing his job, but he's given, you see where I'm, the picture that I'm painting? So, so it is a system thing, okay? And I'll give you an example again. Um, the reverse. Um, my friend... Uh, who, <laughs> who is uh, who is a white, uh, a white fella, and um, 
he got pulled over. This was actually uh, about a year ago. He got pulled over by a Spanish officer. And uh, he knew why he was pulled over, because he his tags were outdated. And the Spanish officer pulled him over for this. And um, as the Spanish officer was giving him the citation, um, another officer pulled up. And so, um, which, of course, it's kind of a procedure anyway to have two officers present. So the other officer pulled up, who was white, and he pulled up and he said, hey, how's it going? And they got into the situation. And long story short, in the midst of this conversation, the white officer commenced to telling my friend to go ahead and leave. And out of respect for the Spanish officer, he said, well, he's not giving me, he's not through giving me my ticket. And the white officer says to him, but you're free to go though. And he says, but I'm, he's, he's the one pulled me over. I respect you. And so they literally got into a debate. I respect your position, but he was the one that pulled me over. He's within his legal right to give me a ticket, but I'm telling you, you're free to go. Well, I respect that, but see the paint, see the, see the picture that I'm painting. Okay. You're dealing with a system of thought. See, seriously, I'm, I'm telling you all night. I'm going to go back to this. <laughs> okay. You're dealing with a system of thought. The thought is, if I am of supremacy, then that means I get the right away. See? Above another ethnicity. So whether I'm wearing a badge or, where, or whether I'm in a car or a vehicle and I'm a, a pedestrian or whatever, or a regular citizen, the idea is, oh, you get privilege. And the backdrop against that is as my friend and even as my black officer friend in both situations were like, okay, one, that's not right. And two, as a citizen, I am held under the law. And for my black officer, I am put in position to uphold the law and protect people. How can I protect people when the same system of mindset says I'm not here to protect them? because of my skin color. See that? And so, so you're right. We do love our officers, but the system has to change of the outlook that we have. Okay? And then I will go a step further. Um, <laughs> um, my dear sister, uh, she's actually, a, um, she's a white lady. Um, but she's mixed. And if you meet her, you cannot tell that she's mixed. Okay. Um, they were going to apply for a job. And long story short, it was a secretary job. It was not much of a job, but she knew it was something that she wanted to do. And um, long story short, um, she goes in to apply. And there were many other people in the room of different ethnicity. And uh, three of them had already gone in for their appointment, and they were just waiting for the word back. And so they said, okay, we'll take one more, uh, one more person, uh, one more candidate, and then we'll make our decision. And so uh, she went in there, and uh, she gave her take, <laughs> her resume, all that other stuff. 
And of course, on her resume, it does not say mixed. It doesn't show her race. It just shows her qualifications, right? All, all resumes, I'm quite sure anybody can say that. You at home, you guys know that. Your race is not on your, unless you want to put it on there, okay? What is on your resume is your qualifications for the job. How long you have worked and all these different things, right? Okay? So, on there, it does not say, I'm mixed. <laughs> okay? But as they are talking, uh, they asked her about her upbringing. So, she mentioned that her, her father was into welding and this of that nature. And, and as they're talking, um, she, um, she said, um, you know, that uh, her father also grew up in Compton. And immediately, she said, the conversation changed. Oh, so you're mixed. And she said, yes, I am. I see. Okay. Um, well, we'll have you wait outside. And so for 15 minutes, they had her wait outside. Um, and they finally deliberated, of course. And they gave the position to someone else. And, um, and so she happened to, um, to go to that young lady that got the position and congratulated her, uh, of whom was fully white. And they congratulated her and everything else. And as she was leaving, she said, oh, by the way, what did they tell you? You know, just curious. And she didn't tell her what they said to her. She just asked, just, you know. Just as an encouragement, you know, what what did they tell you? Um, because they called her into the office and gave her the job, and then she left. And so, on they're standing outside, and long story short, she said, um, oh, they said um, that none, none of the other people qualified. And she said, well, how long, you know, the position they were asking for was a person that had done it for at least three years. Okay. Her resume showed that she had been a secretary and had run her own company for six years. She said, oh, okay, so I guess you've done this for a long time. She was like, no, I've only been doing this for six months. Wow. See the picture that I'm painting? Yeah. Okay. Favoritism. You see, when you see that, it's not, it's in your face. That, that, that is a system thing. That's not, you see, both of them were the same color. But they found, the system found out that one of them was not. So favoritism shows. See? But if you look at both young ladies, if you don't know, you would say these are both white girls. But they knew otherwise. So they ruled otherwise. See the difference? So, so what we're dealing with, with officers... This is why there is this thing of, man, let's just defund the officers. Let's just defund. No, no, no. Let's train officers the right way and break them out of this system of favoritism. See? And then let's train citizens the right way to break them out of, see what I'm talking about? This system of favoritism. Why? Because you're dealing with system. And so if I'm a white man and a black officer comes into my home and I've been told all along that black people are so rough and they're mean and they're always angry and they're always frustrated, then I'm not going to let that black officer into my own, even though he's there to help me. 
Why? Because the system has told me that his race is evil. See that? Or vice versa. I will not let the white officer into my home because I'm told that white officers are racist. And even though I'm being abused by my husband, I won't let the officer into the home to handle the situation. Because it's a black on black situation. And if you add a white person in there, then the black guy's going to get angry because you called a white officer. See that? And so, so it's just a broad thing where it's like, okay, no, no, no. We're not dealing with this thing anymore. Okay? Let's deal with the system. Let's uproot the system, disconnect the system, and let's start freeing minds where people can actually think straight. You see? And so that's why I love what he mentioned about him growing up. Th this is something that we hear about a lot as well. And so you will, you will mock the person that doesn't speak your language just because they're different than you. See? You know, or or real mistreatment say, man, you just need to learn our language. You just need to get out of your own culture. You need to learn our language. No, he, he his language is beautiful. See? And it's good. Now, does he need to learn so that he can coexist with us in our own culture? Absolutely. But don't down him for speaking Spanish. That is his culture. See? So you can't uproot him from his culture. That's who he is. See, But I would love to have a conversation with him. So guess what? You learn my language and I'll learn yours. That's, that's what we need to start learning. See, And we say we teach it in school, but we don't. You know why? It's because I've been a youth pastor. And when I go to the schools, you find the whites over there. You find the Spanish people over there. You find the black folk over there. You find the Japanese over there. And you hardly find people mixing. Okay? Now, if they do mix, which is a blessing, it's outside the walls of the school. But as soon as you go there, find your clique. Okay? Find your people. I've heard teachers actually tell students that, and I had to correct them. Find your people. Go on over there. Find your people. If you're LGBT, find your people. There is none. You're all human. Just get along. See, and so, so there's this idea of that, okay? It's a system thing. And so when we get out of it, there is, there is something that needs to break where a young Spanish man, when he's going through that experience, won't feel that way anymore. That I have to hurry up and learn this culture so that I can change. And there's no necessary reason for it. Does that make sense? Uh, yes. And so, like, I really want to get the chance for the, um, the other people that came in. Absolutely. If I, if I was, it would be alright if I did film you. This is live on Facebook. Yeah. I just kind of have you ask questions, but because mm -hmm. I do have some more questions, I do have that are separated. But I feel like there is two questions mm -hmm. that how I feel like God's kind of revealed to me how I'm going to close off my my part of my questions later on after the president stuff. Absolutely. But for now, like if you guys want to, uh, I'm going to sit on the side, mm -hmm. kind of film both ways the discussions and the questions. So, um, if you guys have any. I would say language plays a a similar but very faint role uh, because I have noticed um, that with um, it was actually very cute actually this this evening um, my friend sent me a video of uh, two kids. Uh, one is um, 
Japanese, and the other one was, uh, I think, from another culture, one of the islands. And so neither of them can speak English very well, but they're kids, okay? And I remember they were uh, the image that they showed me, they were drawing together. And I was, as I was watching the video, one of them was pointing to something. Could not say it, but was pointing. And so the other child was looking around, and he's found it, and he does this. And it's, yeah. And then both of them start giggling. And he gives him the crayon, and they keep drawing. So, again, when we're dealing with culture and systems, it can be taught within that culture to so, such a degree where language, even though language may change, it's still not a real big issue, though. Because love knows no language, and it can cross that kind of barrier. And so, so in a way, to answer your question, it's very faint. I believe it's good, you know. So in other words, if they want to learn our language, it's good. But I believe it's not a have to. And I think that's what's been even like what Victor, Pastor Victor experienced. It's such a pushed thing, even when at a young age where it's like you have to learn this or else you're not an American citizen. That, that is from the pits of hell. <laughs> it really is. And so, so I think it's a, it's a very faint thing. Uh, it, it shouldn't be. But, I agree with him. Any other questions? Training the, the citizens and training the police officers. Mm -hmm. What is that training like? Oh boy, um, I think we can double team this one. Yeah. Um, I I would say it, and this is where I will insert uh, George Floyd, okay, and many others, uh, but this one in particular. Um, police officers are taught because again I have officers who are friends. They tell me their training. And many of them actually texted me uh, when I was on my missions trip. And they were very upset because that is not in training. See what I mean? So for me, to answer your question, it is, for, it is to remind them of their training. Don't go militia. And every officer that I talked to when they watched the video, they were like, that is militia attitude. That's not in our training. That's, that's militia. So in other words, just by any means, get the person on the ground. That's militia. That's not police. See the difference? And so, and so to answer that question further, uh, what it goes into is reminding them of their training. Even if it's a seasoned officer, even if it's a first hire, remind them when you're in the field, do not do this. Do not do this. Remember your training. If the person is resisting, there's areas to get them down. If they're not resisting handcuff them. You ain't got no problem. See what I mean? And so there's there's things to remind them and retrain. And that's why I mentioned about system is because if that system changes where we start implementing that, which is not there, then we won't have that problem. Um, but yeah. <laughs> I know there's more than that in your brain. So, uh, <laughs> you know, one of one of the things that I, I realize is that weeds grow. Yeah. Especially when you have a yard. And when I first were moving, we moved to the house where we're at mm -hmm. as a big yard. Mm -hmm. I started realizing that 
weeds were coming out. Mm. What happened? I don't know. I moved in. There were no weeds. <laughs> <laughs> what happened? You know? So they they look like grass, but it's not grass. Mm. You can tell the difference. So what do you have to do? Spray them? Take care of them? Get them out from the root? Take care of it. As pastors, we see something wrong. We gotta take care of it. Yep. We, we, we gotta confront. Yep. You know, we gotta take measures and we're gonna hit, be hated for it. Yeah. But it's better to be hated than for that to continue on. Exactly. Because then it won't look like a grass field. And I think that it won't look like a police area no more. Mm-hmm. You know, it won't look, it will look like criminals working as police. Mm. So when you see the weeds growing, that policemen are starting to look like criminals. Yeah. That's what you just, as leaders, there needs to be a leader within there that starts picking them out. Yeah. Because we know that God is doing the same thing with us. We know that when he comes back, he's going to pick out the weeds and throw them into the fire. So, if God does that, why does he do it? He's a God of authority. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, if you have authority and you don't use it, then what's the point of it? (laughs) You know? That's good. Come on. You have to take care of the people. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You've been given a badge for a reason. Mm -hmm. And it's not to play. Shoot whoever you want. Yeah. It's to literally... Take your position serious. Yeah. And I think there's a difference between apostles, mm-hmm. prophets, mm-hmm. teachers. There's a difference between a police officer and a citizen. Yep. The difference between a pastor and a sheep. Mm-hmm. One is leading, mm-hmm. the other one is following. Mm-hmm. One's supposed to protect, and the other one's supposed to feel safe. So you have two differences. Mm-hmm. One has more authority than the other. Mm-hmm. So I would say that there needs to be people that need to ra- be raised up that are going to say, hey, police officers, you can't be weeds. Yeah. If it looks, it doesn't look right and doesn't look beautiful, your Take work, you need to cut you out. Yeah. If, you know, I, and I think uh, like talking about, um, the measures of it, not just, I, I think there has to be a change in the measures mm. of, you know, the judgment that they get. And I'm going to quote Spider-Man. Is that all right? <laughs> floor is yours. I like, I like Spider-Man. <laughs> <laughs> With great power comes great, great responsibility. responsibility. Uh, you can't just be Come using on. webs and grab yes. people and swinging them around. Just because you have power. Just <laughs> yeah. somebody mug you and be like, <laughs> You can't do that. Yeah. You're Spider-Man. You're supposed to be a hero. Come on. You're not the same. Yeah. You have great power. Mm-hmm. You have to be responsible with it. Mm-hmm. Now, you have to have Iron Man mm. to handle Spider-Man mm. and say, Get it together, kid. Mm. You can't be doing it like that. It's not all fun and games. You're destroying people as well. Like, you have to realize that. Mm-hmm. When you're in a battle, you think about the people. Wow. Think about the people around. Wow. It's not just you being a superhero. Mm-hmm. If other people die and you're trying to save some other people, 
Where's the hero at? You have to think more. You can't just shoot. You gotta think. Especially when you're handling an arm that can take a, a weapon that can take someone's life. Yeah. That's a huge responsibility. You're taking out somebody that can actually bring sorrow in someone else's life and hatred. Because of this, the decision that you are making. So we have to see all of that That's and good. take the and look at the responsibility that we're standing in. So I think that leaders need to right I think the government needs to come and, and become leaders where they actually go in there and raise up leaders or hire people that are gonna lead the police officers where other leaders are not willing to do it. And, and, po and police officers cannot play a victim either. Yeah. You're wearing the uniform. Yeah. You gotta talk to your buddies. You see your buddy doing something that is wrong, you should be like, well, I trust him. I know him since, since I was in school, you know? It's like, mm -hmm. you know what you're not supposed to do. You need to tell him, hey, yo, you need to stop that. I'm leaving. I'm gonna call the cops on you. Yeah, that's good. Like, that's that ain't good. right. Mm -hmm. Now we see the other police officers that were trusting their friend go to jail too. Like, that's where you got to think. That's where, you know, uh, more justice needs to come in within the system, yeah. within the people you're hiring. If we are going to hire a pastor, we're not just going to hire a pastor because he says he's a pastor. Come on now. <laughs> preach. You know? Preach it. I preach in the streets. That's great. That's awesome. Have you led anybody? <laughs> you practice it in your own life. Yep. How, how are you with other people? Yeah. You know, it's it, it's easy to say you're a leader. But are you acting like one? That's good. Are you taking the responsibility of being a leader? I know leaders that want to be leaders, but they're still victims. Mm -hmm. Of whatever anybody does to them. And then they react mm -hmm. because they're victims. Yeah. And they don't assume the responsibility and the authority that has been given to them. Wow, that's good. So that's how I would I would see it. Mm -hmm. Take out the weeds yeah. and grow some good grass. That's good. That's good. You guys have any more questions? Yeah, when, uh, how do we like have these conversations and really be able to come together and have better understanding? Because I feel like a lot of times we're in that situation where we all want love, we all want peace, and we all want, like, Jesus is the answer. Right. And how do we just communicate and hear people out while staying, like, not on having that offensive spirit and stuff? Because it's so easy to be like, this person's fired about this thing, and this person's fired about this thing, but really they want the same thing. Right. You know, but then there's, like, all these things in the way, so how do we, like, get through the fog? I would say um, I'll I'll take your weed example and I'll take it, take I'll it. I'll go there because um, I love gardening. I charge you interest, but go ahead. <laughs> 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 um, I, I I I would I would go here with with it. Um, the same thing with weeds. Uh, I would say it is it is very similar. So similar. I'm not calling kids weeds. <laughs> Okay, by any means. So don't write me on this. Uh, but no, it's, I, I would I would go the same way with with children. 
um, because because you are a mom, uh, and I I know a lot of women who have a lot of kids, and they tell me often uh, sometimes when I ask them, hey, how's the family doing? And they'll just tell me about their triumphs of motherhood. <laughs> and one of the things is if you have multiple kids, you walk into a room and everyone's crying. And there, there has to be empathy in you. Not sorrow. Not, oh my gosh, my kids are all messed up. <laughs> no, it is, <laughs> you know, everybody's crying. But, but no, it's, it's, this, it's this empathy thing to pull out who who did what because guess what if someone's holding their shin and the other one's holding their elbow the other one's holding his head and everybody's crying okay who hit who <laughs> Let, let's get to the bottom of it okay stop you crying who did what and so when you can come into that kind of environment and actually find out what went wrong instead of just trying to console everyone any mother will tell you I want to hug them all, but I need to find out what happened. See? So I will speak to the room. Okay, everybody stop crying. All right, y'all all right. Okay, what happened? <laughs> Get to the bottom of it. Get some evidence out there. And then now reprimand has to come. And so for us as citizens, see, so that's the authority part. Um, and I want to pick up on that. The citizen portion has to come in where if you are the big brother, or big sister coming into the room as the as the measure of judgment is being dealt <laughs> you cannot choose sides see you cannot come and say but sammy ain't like that why are you woofing on him he ain't done nothing wrong you don't know what's been happening <laughs> okay so you just walked in after all of what mom just dealt with see so now you angry at mom because she's spanked sammy okay could you ask questions, please? So it's asking questions and not choosing sides. It is you asking yourself, okay, what is it that I'm looking at? Because I see judgment being dealt. Because I've talked to people that say, well, hey, maybe you can just give him some leniency. I mean, you know, I know it was hard and I know it was evil what he did to George. You know, but maybe, maybe it's too harsh. You know, because why? That's the big brother stepping in, not understanding. See what I mean? And so now they're angry at the system for dealing judgment and you don't know what really happened. So a lot of times this is where you find people taking sides. That makes sense. And so, so from, from my heart, it's, it's, it's really coming from that point of view. Um, but like Victor was saying, at the end of the day, someone has to be held responsible. And so that is the same mindset that also we have to take as citizens. Is that at the end of the day, um, not only am I going to take sides, but my prayer has to be, I'm going to flip it for believers, is that justice is served see, across the board. See? So no matter what, justice has to be served in the situation itself. Um, and when we start coming from that mindset and praying from that mindset, that is what I do believe is going to enable those leaders that are rising up to actually understand that their position is is protected and covered See? because guess what if we start hating on those leaders for dealing judgment 
So, hey, man, you shouldn't be harsh on him like that. Hey, man, that ain't right. He's an officer of the law. You've been there for 20 years. Okay, you don't... <laughs> Let it happen. See, why? Because that's parent stepping in and holding accountable. See, And so now we have to, as big brothers and sisters, as citizens, say, okay, mom, you did right. <laughs> Applaud mom. She did well. <laughs> Don't know what just happened, but God bless mom. <laughs> she did what was right. At the end of the day, she's still mom. See? And so at the end of the day, those leaders have to be acclaimed for that position that they will take in dealing out and making sure that we are protected with the right people protecting us and not just people abusing their badges. Um, and so, does that make sense? Because I think that's where we're at now as a nation is that there's too much of the abuse. And I think that's why you are finding, in that respects, crying babies. Okay? Because it's just an abuse of it. And, and as Victor said, that just needs to stop. We're tired of it. Um, but. And I think one of, the, one of the things that I would like to point out is that both sides are hurt. Come on. It's because good. one side sees the, the, the other side is saying, I'm more important. Yep. But this side is saying, no, you're not going through this. Mm -hmm. We feel this pain. We feel the eyes when some certain people look at us. And the other side, it's like, man, I don't even hate you. But I, when I see black people, I love black people. Like, I don't understand what, what you guys are talking about, you know? Mm -hmm. So there has to be a point where both sides come to meet the middle. That's good. And say, I get that side. I understand that side. Mm -hmm. And now I understand more. But it needs, both sides need to come in the middle. Mm -hmm. And I think the worst thing you can do is go on social media and post whatever you think <laughs> that goes only towards one side. That's good. Yep. Mm -hmm. You have to include two sides. Yep. I believe all lives matter. Mm -hmm. I believe black lives matter. And I believe Jesus is the center of everything. That's good. Amen. It's good. Yep. Absolutely. And if we don't bring Jesus at the center of it, then we won't have peace. Jesus said, I, I give you what the world can't give you. Yep. Peace. Mm. What are people right now looking for? Peace. Come on, man. And you know why people can't have peace? It's because people are not willing to forgive. Mm-hmm. They're willing to judge, but not forgive. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Our ancestors went through this. Yeah. Okay, can you forgive our ancestors? Mm -hmm. And forgive us if you look at us in the same way. Yeah. To bring humility into an area that love is needed. That's good. Pride cannot love, but humility says, I will honor mm -hmm. your hurt and I will ask for that's good. Because you are seeing me through lenses of what your ancestors went through. That's good. And mm -hmm. I want to cover that with asking you, will you forgive me? Even though I didn't do any of that. Yeah. I want to ask forgiveness of my ancestors. That's good. In my part. Mm -hmm. Job woke up. You know what he did? He prayed. 
for God to forgive the sins of his sons and daughters. Wow, wow, wow. First thing he did. So we need to come back and do the same thing. But pride won't let us. Pride won't let us hear another person's opinion. We're right. You guys are wrong. And you know what? All of the protesting and, you know, the riots and all of that just shows how wrong you guys are. All of this hatred is like, whoa, 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 whoa. Chill. Let's come back. Mm-hmm. And let's talk about this. Yeah. With, I believe that you guys are so important in what's happening. And I want to ask forgiveness for that hurt. Yeah. No, I won't bow down to you because I only bow down to Jesus. Come on with it. Amen. Mm-hmm. No, I won't kiss your feet because I only kiss the feet of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I'll wash your feet. Come on now. <laughs> yeah. But I'll humble myself. Yep. That's good. And the other thing that I would suggest when you're talking to people, mm-hmm. have coffee with them. Don't lose relationships over it. That's good. Have coffee with people that you care about. Yeah. With people that might think something different about you because of something you might might have posted. If you posted something and it's, it actually have brought... A fight between you and somebody that you love. Okay, they misunderstood your post. Now you can go and have coffee and be like, hey, I want to apologize that I hurt you in that way. Mm -hmm. Let's have coffee. Let's talk about this. I want to know where your heart is at. Maybe I'm not seeing. Can you help me to see? Because I'm going to tell you, if you have a patch of hair right here that the barber... Did not cut. <laughs> you can't see that. <laughs> and if a person that hurts you comes and tells you, hey, there's a patch in your in the back of your hair. Oh, don't even talk to me. You're just lying. Just don't want to hear it. It's like, I'm just trying to help you out. <laughs> you want to walk like that? That's fine. You're going to look ridiculous, but I'm trying to help a brother out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? <laughs> so helping one another. Mm. understanding one thing I was actually um, mentioning this to some people but one thing that God was talking to me about understanding God was telling me don't try to talk to people that you know that are so prideful or not willing to hear you out come on now yep don't even try it that's good you're gonna walk into a trap of of fighting of making things worse Mm -hmm. he told me talk to people that are wise Talk to people that have ears. Yeah. Talk to people that you know them. Yeah. They're, that they're going to understand your point and that you're going to understand their point. Mm-hmm. But talk to people that... Don't talk to people that are so hurt mm-hmm. that they don't want to hear you. That's good. Talk to people mm-hmm. that are hurt and that are willing to forgive yeah. and to move on in the relationship. That's good. But you also have to be careful who you, who you talk to. There's people, honestly, there's people out there that are set on their opinion. Mm-hmm. And that's the problem. They're set on their opinion. And, and they, they keep move. that pain. And they don't want to move from it. Because why? They're so prideful. Yeah. Yeah. They're so prideful and saying, I'm right. And I don't care what you say. I've I, I seen quotes from people like, whatever, whatever you say, it doesn't matter. I am right in this. And if you don't agree with me, goodbye. That's not very... Not very loving. Not, not only very loving, but that's not very mature. 
If you want change, but you're not open to forgiving, where's the change gonna happen? I, I want to add to that. Um, to my, um, to my darker hue brothers and sisters out there um, that are hearing this, and and you're hearing it from from both of us, and for those who are watching. Um, if you're hearing this and you are of uh, African-American descent and you are saying, well, we've, we've tried to forgive, you know, and, and you all killed Martin Luther King and you, you know, you killed Malcolm X and you did all these different things. And man, you, you know, we tried that forgiveness thing that you're talking about, Pastor, and we just threw with it. Um, I don't think you can be through with forgiveness. To be honest, I just want to throw this in there. I, I don't think you can be through with forgiveness because everybody needs it. And at the end of the day, um, I'm just going to say this to you guys into into the African American community: uh, y'all ha y'all's hands ain't clean. <laughs> okay, so this is black brother to another family member. Um, you cannot say that our hands are clean, and the reason why is because we have added insult to injury to our own culture and we have come from the victim mindset too long okay and i know some um even when i was um watching all these things unfold there were many who were from uh the naacp that were tweeting and actually calling in and facebooking and actually saying what the heck are y'all doing <laughs> Burning churches, breaking windows. That's not what we paid for. These are old civil rights leaders that are still alive. Okay? Brother Jackson, to be to be more specific. Okay? Man, I mean, just, he's gone the distance. Okay? And many who actually marched with Dr. King and even many of his family members who are still alive were totally outraged. Why? Because that's not what we paid for. We paid for... So we can actually forgive and let go. That's what we paid for. And so, so absolutely, I just I wanted to really pick that up. Forgiveness is the key. Because if you don't, then you will continue to rehearse the hurt to the past generations. And it's not going to help any. See, So if we're going to heal from this, and as we, even as we close tonight, that's the main thing that I want you guys to hear from this whole situation is that this is where we started we talked about the the what what's wrong with the culture we talked about where it all came from now we're talking about for those who are following this is how you heal it okay forgiveness let it go okay on both sides okay so there you go. It reminds me of like what Jesus says about the, um, the dungeon. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like if you don't, um, if you don't forgive someone, it's like it's the story he gives of somebody who forgave uh, a king forgave his servant. Yes. Right. He had, he had a lot of money. And I, sorry not to interrupt you. But, no, go ahead. But just like, and then the servant had another like, uh, like I guess like servant he worked with. Yep. And he owed him money. Mm -hmm. And. Uh, uh, he didn't. That servant didn't forgive the other person. He says, "Where's my money?" Yeah. And he threatened him. The king found out, and he said, "I forgive you. Yep. Why couldn't you forgive 
your other servant who was with you. Exactly. Your, your coworker. Yeah. And uh, it's actually, uh, what's that scripture? It says, my people are harmed because of lack of knowledge. Or what's that scripture? You said my people die from a lack of knowledge. Lack of knowledge. Yeah. So mm-hmm. um, I just did like, in a way of like foreigners coming to America, having like, like you were talking about the, a certain way of thinking, but not knowing the system of America. And um, just that it's good to be knowledgeable, mm-hmm. not to fall into the mindset of everybody. Right. Um, and actually, I know you were talking about closing things up. Mm-hmm. And I was going to, I was saying that, I mean, I know I have questions about the whole presidency thing. As this, this whole thing would go on even further. But mm-hmm. to actually, God showed me like two questions to ask to finish it off. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, yeah, look at it. Of course, look at a piece of paper. Mm-hmm. Well, while you're, uh, while you're waiting for that, I um, just want to also say one of the things that the Spirit um, just was talking to me about is forgiveness is medicine to the bones. That's good. That we die without forgiveness. It brings healing to the body, soul, and spirit. Mm-hmm. And we we need that. So if you're dying, mm-hmm. you need some medicine, you have to take it. Come on now. So if you don't take the medicine, you'll die. Yep. You'll die. Mm-hmm. We'll die in our sins mm-hmm. if we don't forgive. Will die, and I want. I want to. You mentioned something that I just got a, an image mm-hmm. of. You know what about? You know how long are we gonna? How long are we gonna forgive them for doing this? Mm-hmm. Seventy it's times seven. Seventy times seven. Jesus put the number of how many times to forgive someone in a day, a hundred times. Even Peter was surprised, like, whoa, a hundred times? a lot. Yep. A hundred times a day? Like, I don't even want to be around that person. <laughs> if I have to forgive him a hundred times a day. Yeah. But we have to think about how many times God forgives us. We might say, well, God only forgave me, like, three times because I sinned three times. You don't know that. Come on. Your, your conscience might only say three sins, but God might know 300 sins. Mm-hmm. And 300 seconds that you have in your mind... Thinking of things that are ungodly. Sin, 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 sin. And you go out your day, oh God, I feel so bad if I sin once. And God's like, you sin way more than that. (laughs) (laughs) What is it? If you have hate towards brother or sister, it's like like anger is like murder. Yes. So the the question is, is how are we going to decide to live? Okay, let's say a white person, an officer, kills me. And I'm still breathing. And I'm on the floor. And I hear him saying his lips. Here you go, you Mexican. Mm. You didn't want to go back to your country. Now you're going to go. And you're going to die. And I'm still breathing. My response will be, hey, I forgive you. Mm. God loves you. And I'm going to pray for you. And I'm going to pray for the family right now. You know, your family loves you as well. And this is not who you are. Come on with it. Because you know who did that? My Jesus. Mm-hmm. My Jesus did that at the cross. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The Father, forgive mm-hmm. him, mm-hmm. for they do not know what they're doing. Come on with it. So, it doesn't matter who kills us. Because we know what Jesus said. Do not fear the one 
that can destroy the flesh, but fear the one that can destroy the soul. Preach it. So one of the things that Jesus said is like, okay, they kill you. Are you glorifying God in it? Mm. If you have a breath to breathe, are you still praying for them? Because I said, love your enemies. Mm. I didn't say what condition you are. Mm -hmm. I said, whatever condition, love your enemies. Whatever they have done to you, love your enemies because you sin every day. Mm. And your sin is what's keeping you away from love. Yeah. 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 So if we have that perspective of who we belong to, it would change us. I'm talking to believers. Come on. If you want to hold records of wrongs, mm. and you say you're fighting for love, you don't know love. Mm, mm, mm. Wow. We have to go back to what God has done to us. If God remembers every sin in our life, we wouldn't make it to heaven. Jesus. But thanks be to God for Jesus. That's because it. even... Of the sins that we don't even know that we're committing, God has forgiven us for and given us grace. Yeah. And I want to end it with this. We have to remember where our treasure is. Yeah. We want change in the world, but let's be honest. Sin is in the world. Yeah. Let's be honest. False prophets will come. Mm-hmm. Brother will betray brother. Mm-hmm. Father will give their sons away. There's so much sin in this world. And we are not strong enough for that. So if we have our mindset on how the world is not changing, we're going to lose our mind. But if we have our mindset that our treasures are in heaven and that we can be who God's called us to be here, if God's called us to be a Martha Luther King and we die for it, Praise be to God. We died doing God's will. Thank you. But if we died for the wrong thing, that's it. That's all I wanted to say. That's so, good. Um, I guess the last two questions, I mean, technically one of them is not, but it's, it's something that like, I feel like, uh, I think I told you this, and mm-hmm. I still was trying to understand it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's like, if you look at Second uh, Kings, this is like, like the raven in Second Kings feeding Elijah using an unclean animal to bring him food. God is going to use something the world feels unclean to reveal the darkness. And um, another thing was Peter. Mm-hmm. Jesus, you know, in the book of Acts, the, the, the cloth that came down with the unclean animals. To yes, eat, yes, yes. And he says he brings it to the Gentiles. Mm-hmm. So God gave me those two analogies. Mm-hmm. One from Old Testament, one from the New Testament, the book of Acts. Mm-hmm. And it's not really a question, but it's kind of like, I, I want, because uh, the next thing I want to ask is a question, but I kind of want you guys to see if we interpret what God was trying to get from that. Um, but he says, he said to me to bring his presence, to bring revival, to clean, to bring repentance, to bring righteousness. That's what God was kind of saying, bring it to the Gentiles. Um, and that was kind of a weird thing, but he just showed me that, and I kept asking God, like, what does that mean? Right. And you said to write that down, so yeah. maybe if God revealed anything to you about that. It, to be honest, he did. Um, and uh, for the viewers that are watching, I just want to speak this to you. Um, when you are, when you're reading the Bible, you have to understand something. Um, you're reading um, an account, especially for those uh, of our 
those believers who um, you know who say, well, you know, we're we're in the New Testament now. You know, Old Testament is gone. We're in the New Testament. Well, in short, I will tell you that the New Testament was about overcoming barriers. So, the Jews then um, were, of course, as they are now, a hated people. They were hated by the Gentiles. They were hated by the Samaritans. They had no dealings with the Samaritans. You find that spoken, actually, from the Samaritans themselves. They said, Jews don't deal with us. We don't hang around with y'all. Y'all don't hang around with us. And they told Jesus that, our Lord. We don't hang around with y'all. Why are you hanging around with us? And so you find Jesus breaking through barriers of culture and ethnicity. And so you find him eating with sinners. You find him hanging out with tax collectors, which was another cultural thing. You didn't hang around with tax collectors. God chose Matthew, who was a tax collector, <laughs> and made him an apostle. So, so, so you, all through the New Testament, you find this breaking of barriers. Jesus was a radical. Okay, So when you say, well, Jesus never really talked about social justice. No, he didn't talk about it. He lived it. He lived social change. And so now Peter, after the resurrection of our Lord and Savior, he's sitting on a mountaintop and he's still grieved as a Jew to be hanging around with Gentiles. And God gives him an image. Come on, it's in your Bible. You got to read it. God gives him an image of unclean animals. And Peter, being a Jew... As the Bible says, says, mm -mm, I ain't going to be hanging around with them. And God says, what I have cleansed, you cannot call unclean. So there, therefore, he speaks God from his heart that says, I didn't raise you like that, Peter. When I was living among you, I showed you breaking through barriers. So now why, after I've been resurrected and I've gone back to glory, now you've resorted back to your own way of thinking? I didn't raise you like that. And that's not why I made you an apostle. I made you an apostle to be a messenger to continue my work. And what's the work? Social justice. Break through the barrier. Okay? And so the Bible says, after that vision, the Holy Spirit speaks to him and says, there's some Gentiles waiting down there for you. <laughs> and don't you argue, because I sent them. And he says, being obedient to the Holy Ghost, I went and God brought revival to the Gentiles. We will see such a move of God, hallelujah, on our world when we get out of ourselves, as Peter did on that rooftop. And say, wait a minute, I've got to obey God. And just let it break. Okay, Then it will. And that's why I agree with what Victor mentioned. That started with forgiveness. The moment Peter entered that house, the Bible says, he said, I perceive in my spirit that God shows no favoritism. What he was really saying was, I let go. That's, that's true forgiveness. It doesn't say the word forgiveness, but that's what forgiveness does. It allows you to see things in a different light. And he entered that house and he says, wow, God shows no favoritism. So that means I can't hold on to the past. I can't hold on to how the Gentiles treated our nation. Let it go. And he says, then he began to preach the gospel. And he says, there the Holy Spirit fell, as he did on us. Which showed him God shows no favoritism.
And so, so yes, Jesus was a radical. Our Lord and Savior was a man of social justice, breaking through barriers, breaking through walls. And so as we close tonight, that is the message. Okay? We, we are the church of the living God. We are joint heirs with Christ. We are human. We are children of God. This is my brother. I'm his brother. And I love him. Okay? We got some white people in the room. I love y'all. <laughs> Mucho. Love you. Is there a generation of Lazarus? God is calling to rise up the dead, the dead bones. A generation without fathers, God wants to adopt. God made that, I don't know, that was a really important question. You look at Lazarus, he was in the tomb. And they said, you're too late, Jesus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the whole, oh, I get the shivers right now. So like, I think God really wanted to answer this question. Yeah, Is there yeah. a generation of Lazarus where people are just dying? They're, they don't know what's out there. I mean, you look at all the problems. Yeah. And it's like they're searching. Yeah. So um, that's that's the that's the deep question that God wants to really want to go deep with that one. But just yeah. end it. Um. <laughs> so I'm gonna go real deep. And, and, and this I, is the last, that's the last question. This is the last one. Uh. So for viewers at home, I really want you to really pray on this. Um. And for our viewers here. A generation. So Martin Luther King had a dream. And when you sent me this question, I prayed on it. And what the Lord showed me was the dream of Martin Luther King is in the grave. It died with him. And you can fight me over this all you want to is fine. You can write me later. Um, that dream died with him because he did not really get a chance to see it. But I do believe what the Lord is speaking when he says a Lazarus generation, it is a generation of, of young people, young adults that will break out of that tomb and live out that dream. And I really believe that, that, that we, are, we are in a culture now where that dream can be more realized than when Martin Luther King gave his speech on the Capitol building and said, I have a dream. He said that one day, he said, my children will live in a world where they will not be judged by the color of their skin, but by the context of their character. That was his dream. He died. And all of his kids, when they grew up, were still living in a world where they were still judged by their color. So that's how I can say rightly that that dream is a Lazarus. It's in the grave. And many have said managers won't live. It just, I guess it's over. Dr. King is gone. I guess we just need to keep fighting. But what God is speaking now is, no, Lazarus, come out of there. Dr. King's dream, come out. Put on sinew. Put on bone again. Okay? And I tell you right now, in my spirit, I hear a rattling in the tomb. And I'm seeing a generation that is tired of the system of hatred. When I was in D.C., Half of the people that I saw, don't believe the media, half the people that I saw were white. And they said they were tired. That's Lazarus. 
That's the Lazarus generation. And they said, we're done. Done. We're tired of it. That's the Lazarus generation. And they were marching with black people. They were marching with Native Americans. They were marching with Spanish. They were marching with Japanese. And it's global now. See? I was getting reports from a friend of mine who's a pastor in Brazil. They were marching in Brazil. Okay? Half them people as light as, as all can get out. <laughs> okay? And they're like, no, it's tired. We're tired of this. That's Lazarus. That's Dr. King's dream. Which is a worldwide sweep of getting rid of this system and in with righteousness. And one of the things that he mentioned, and I'll close with this, he said, uh, he said, we will not rest. Hallelujah. He said, until we see freedom fall like rain and righteousness like a mighty stream. He said, throughout all the states, and then he began to name the states. He said, from the hills of Georgia, all the way through Mississippi, through Chicago, and he began to just mention all these different states. It's happening. That's riots. It looks funny, but that's a flood. Okay? And by condoning the, the looting and the burning and all this, no, but you can't stop a flood. And that was his dream. He said that stream is going to hit, and it's going to hit hard. And I believe we're seeing that river of righteousness, where the system is breaking and quaking because it can no longer hold us anymore. We're changing. So, so, so tonight, um, I, as I'm here with my brother, um, we want to pray for America right now. Um, we want to pray for you and your homes that, um, that this mighty stream would hit your neighborhoods. That, that it would, that the reign of righteousness, God's righteousness, right way thinking, would hit your hearts. That it would break through this principality that has so shadowed our nation and our, our world with, with systems of hatred and malice and unforgiveness against one another, against ourselves, and this woundedness and unforgiveness within ourselves and within our own culture that that breaks and so um, if you can just pray with us right where you are in your homes um, let's pray because we need that rain so father as we uh, as we close God, let that rain hit us here in Milwaukee, Oregon, in Chicago, in Minnesota, in Illinois, in Mississippi, in Georgia, in LA, all over the world, in Brazil, in New Mexico. God, that this rain would so hit the United States of America like never before. And I pray, Father, that you would that you would unite us even as it is in this room. 
and that God, you would speak to us as humans and you would say, this is who you are. You are greatly loved. You are the apple of my eye, no matter what color you are. You are the apple of my eye and I love your culture because I made your culture. So Father, would you, would you so change our hearts? Would you break this system? And we declare now that this system has to break. It can no longer stay. And I speak to this principality. Systematic racism, your time is up. You can no longer rule over the nations any longer. We're done. We declare the righteousness of God. We declare the enthroning of Jesus in every heart, in every mind, and that the knowledge of love would be mutual across the board. Hallelujah. So right there in your homes, Father, would you bring healing? I speak to the African-American community and I say, be healed. All of the hurts, all of the wounds. And I declare that God knows who you are. God knows your frustration. He knows your pain. He has not forgotten about the tears that were shed. And if you turn over and you release yourself from the violence and you start learning to forgive, the Bible declares that vengeance belongs to our God. And he will repay, says the Lord. We don't have to repay. We don't have to kill to, to get even. Release yourself from that. I speak to you right now. Return to your roots. Understand who you are. You are loved. You are a nation that is beautiful. Speak to the Spanish culture and I say you are loved. You are unique. You're loved for who you are. I speak to the white culture and I say you are greatly loved. You're loved for who you are. And you are not what your forebearers became. I speak that to you right now. You are not what your forebearers became. You are gentle people. You are loving people. You are planters. You are honest people. Return to your roots and know who you are. Father, we thank you for who you are, Jesus. That you are a bridge builder. You are a God of justice. So, Father, we ask that you would bring continual justice. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, I just I thank you, God, for this meeting, God. Lord, May you continue to renew our minds, our hearts, God, transform us, God. God, in the process of transforming, God, we're gonna, we're gonna suffer. We're gonna feel emotions, God. We're not gonna understand things, God. But God, I pray, God, that we would not lean on our own understanding, God, but we would trust you with all our heart, God. Come on. Emptying, God, ourselves, God, and letting you fully in us. Lord, I pray that we will be world changers, God. Mm -hmm. That we will change the world with love, God. Mm 
God, I pray that you start clean, cleaning us up, God, from the inside. Mm. Because it's not the outside, God. Mm -hmm. It's the inside that's the problem. Come on. So, Lord, I pray, oh God, that you give us new eyes to see. Yeah. New ears to hear, God. I pray, God, that we will not be too quick, God, to get angry. Yeah. But we'll be slow to anger and willing to understand. Thank you, Lord, I pray that you will bring healing, God, on this land, God. And I pray, God, that you would use whatever is dead, God, to bring, God, revival. Thank to you, bring, God, your name to be glorified, God. Thank you, God, I pray, oh God, that through all of this, God, all the waves, God, that are coming in, God, that people's eyes will be opening up, God, and realizing, God, that you're coming soon. Thank you, Jesus. That, God, you, you, God, said that there will be rumors of war. Mm. There will be things that will happen, mm. but we should not fear because mm. all of these things have to happen, mm. but that we will continue to put our trust in you. So God, I just I just pray, oh God, for the president, God. Mm -hmm. I pray for the president of the United States, God. I pray that you would continue to give him wisdom, God, that you will protect them, oh God. Come on. Lord, I pray that you bring right leaders, God, mm -hmm. surrounding him, Lord. I pray right now, God, against every curse, God, mm -hmm. that has been pointed at, at him. Yeah. And I pray, oh God, a covering God over him. I pray the blood of Jesus will cover him. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, and I just pray, God, that you would continue, God, to help him to lead, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, I'm not the judge, but I leave you as the judge. Thank you, Lord. I leave the responsibility to you, God. Thank you, Lord. To have your way. Thank you, Jesus. To do your will, God. And I pray, God, that we would respond, God, to love one another as you have loved us. Yes, Jesus. I pray, oh God, that this nation will bring the healing that it needs, God, by loving one another. Thank you, Jesus. I pray, God, that you will forgive us for our sins. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you so much, Lord, for the revival that you're